Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right. Welcome, guys. Excited to have you back on the show again this week. We've been rocking out some challenges, doing all kinds of different things. Started the day off at the gym and a couple of buddies of mine were talking and they're like, man, those challenges are tough, especially right now, 20 different challenges of the greatest things that I've accomplished in my life. One of them said, man, I stopped at five. The other one said he stopped around 10 and they had to pause and they had to come back and recollect their thoughts. Interested to see how they do going forward. But we kind of talked through some ideas and uh, another guy joined the conversation. He's like, man, all my greatest accomplishments are about legacy and about helping others and less about me. And so wherever you are, I encourage you to write down your 20 greatest accomplishments you've ever accomplished in your lifetime and see how easy or hard it is and try to put it down in less than seven minutes. Like go as fast as you can, just so that it gets out of your head and you just dump it on paper and don't worry about the 20 being a, a limit. So we're having fun with the challenges. If you catch this a year from now, just do the exercise, have fun with it, engage with the Journey of a Christian Dad community on Facebook, throw your input in there, and maybe there's some guys help you through it as well, or, or you can help some other guys with your openness and vulnerability and sharing your thoughts. So designed for helping others and uh, designed to help you grow and appreciate yourself. So sometimes we can really, really be hard on ourselves. And the guys I was talking to this morning are super high performers. And so they're, they wouldn't write anything down. And like, it was like the greatest thing ever. It was like world peace. And if they, that was their bar, but we can appreciate the wins, appreciate the victories and recognize the fact that we've done some pretty cool stuff in our lifetime. And some guys go, wow, I've got an opportunity to do so much more if I just get intentional and go in a direction. So anyway, that's that, that's that particular challenge. And uh, that was a fun one we did yesterday. And now we get the pleasure of meeting a guy who's becoming a good friend of mine. He's local here in St. Louis with me. Now he recently moved to St. Louis. So excited to welcome Southern Bell to the program. <laughs> Thank you, Goulash. I appreciate it. Oh, there it is. Right back at me. Right back at me. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll throw in. So these nicknames came about because uh, we actually met at a workout group. There's a group out there called F3, and it's a men's workout group. And we showed up one day on the same day at the same time, and him and I just connected really well. And um, anyway, I'll let you kind of share from there, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A little bit of backstory. We... Um... We moved to the area in July of last year. We bought our home in the, in the St. Louis area. So uh, prior to that, spent 17 years in South Carolina. Uh, job opportunity came up. And so here I am in, in St. Louis. And uh, yeah, as, as you mentioned, um, you know, we connected in F3, uh, had some opportunities to, to uh, not only work out together, but go grab some coffee and and tell some stories and, and exchange some uh, best practices or lack of best practices yes. relates to our, uh, our siblings. So, um, so yeah, that's the, uh, the backstory. Excellent. Excellent. 
Southern Belle and I got to tell some stories, go back and forth. The nickname thing, you know how guys are when you get together, whether it's your hockey team, whether it's the military. And then after you get out of high school and college, hopefully you've got a group of guys that you can hang out with. And F3 is become one of those things. And so you like to come up with nicknames and give guys the business and that type thing. So I I don't know the backstory on how you got the nickname Southern Bell, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of fell into that one. Just a little bit of background when you do get the nickname, the objective there, is, as Dan mentioned, is to, to identify you as something uh, equivalent to uh, a sports team member or things of that nature, where you don't necessarily use first and last names. And, and part of that process is to uh, introduce yourself to the group of uh, F3 members. And as part of that introduction, talk about embarrassing moments, talk about what you do for a living, you know, and anything else that might be relevant to the uh, to them determining what your new name uh, will be. And so uh, at that point, I think I mentioned, uh, I just recently moved from, from South Carolina and someone yelled out Southern Bell. And of course, my first response was, well, I'm not actually from South Carolina. And they're like, perfect. He doesn't like it. So, <laughs> so, so I got it. <laughs> we had a we had a new guy come the other day out in a, a different spot. And for whatever reason, when he came out, picture somebody walking out kind of powerful. And then he took his hands and raised them up in the air and instantly stuck them underneath his armpits. And he said, I something, something, something. And I, my eyes just lit up when I saw him stick his hands underneath his armpits. I'm like, Sister Mary Catherine Gallagher from Saturday Night Live, superstar. <laughs> and so all the guys are asking him questions and he's getting into it. And I'm running around the circle. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that SNL chick, like Sister Mary right. Catherine Gallagher, like that's it. Right. So he gets done doing his thing and they're trying to come up with nicknames and I just yell out sister Mary Catherine Gallagher. And they're like, that's it. And he's like, but I'm not even Catholic. <laughs> and that sealed the deal. It was right. over at that point. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. Word of warning to anybody that shows up to F3. Um, <laughs> once you mention something you don't like, that's probably going to be related to your name when you walk away that morning. So <laughs> he got done and he's standing there bewildered at how he got the name. And he goes, but it doesn't even to anything (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, but it was awesome it was awesome it's just great to have guys to have fun with and everything else so with with that said you told me a story the other day and it just took me in you're a couple years older than me not that much older than me Mm -hmm. i set that stage because you're not a 25 year old guy you mentioned earlier to me that you've got a 25 year old son and also a daughter who is 20 20 and you've been married for October. It'll be 33 years, 33 years. Right. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And you've got a pretty, pretty dang good marriage. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, we sure do. You've figured out how to get through stuff. You guys have good conversations. You've got a grounding in Christ. God's yep. first, your second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Certainly 33 years, not without a set of challenges. And I think you know, one of the things that we're both my wife and I are very proud of is the fact that, you know, we've, we've had some challenges, you know, on the, on the, the child front, all the ancillary stuff that goes along with having uh, family spread around the country, you know, sicknesses, health, all those types of things. And, uh, and through thick or thin, we've, we've worked through all of them uh, successfully, you know, and up to and including coming here to St. Louis, big decision, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, picking up the family, the house and moving everyone here and, 
we've been around, let's say, with with respect to challenges, you know, in the parenting marital front, and then also just on the on the day to day aspects. And so, yeah, we've been pretty successful up to this point. You know, interestingly enough, we have a circle of friends where most of the folks that we started our married life with are now divorced and and remarried, and you know, in some cases, divorced again. And in that, to take anything away from them, things happen. But I look at some of those situations and and see some of what we've gone through in our mm-hmm. uh, lives, and somehow you know we've been able to to keep this together. And, and so, yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's, what would you what would you attribute keeping that together throughout all the adversities and? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, you know, I think some of that's situational too, but we're from a thought process standpoint, my wife and I are, are probably, I would say, not necessarily in line, right? But we both respect each other's positions mm-hmm. and uh, through the normal process of, you know, the nor- normal process of, of working through these situations, respect where each other is coming from. And I think people, married folks, sometimes get caught up in their position as opposed to, to solution. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, that's where we've come to at this point. I'm not suggesting that that is a, was a perfect transition over the last 33 years. It, you know, it's happened in varying situations where you can't come to a conclusion. But I would say for the most part, it's uh, understanding that we're, you know, we're in a, a collaborative relationship that we both have both offer value to this relationship and, and respecting each other's positions, opinions, and, and things of that nature. You know, that, that that's probably first and, and foremost. You know, I think it's just very easy to get caught up in yourself, mm-hmm. you know, in, in some of these situations. We try not to do that. Yeah. So you can get caught up. People can get caught up in being right. That's correct. And that goes both, both sides, the husband or the wife. There's a book out there called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. It's actually a terrorist negotiation book, which sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. And you can take the philosophies out of that and, and apply it in a whole lot of areas of life. One of the things he talks about in a terrorist negotiation is when you're trying to move the other person into a spot or a position, you don't want them to say, you're right. You want them to say, that's right. Mm-hmm. So somebody had a disagreement with me the other day, sent me a note. Turns out the information the other person had wasn't exactly accurate and colored in a different way and everything. But I responded back. I'm like, hey, man, actually, here's kind of how that went. Oh, you're right. Right. (laughs) Got it. I hear you loud and clear. You're not going to listen to a thing I'm going to say from this point out. Right. Yeah. So we're looking for a that's right. Yes, that's right. That's what I was thinking. That's right. As opposed to that's not what I was thinking. You're right. Yeah. So that you're right gets you off the person's back. So we want to try to emphasize with the person and get to a point of understanding where they hear you and respond with that's right. So it sounds like you and your wife both have that kind of that's right relationship where you're looking for commonality and emphasizing. (laughs) thank you (laughs) and how about commitment level before you got married did you have a discussion about till death do us part what that actually meant and the commitment level to that no uh we we didn't we were very young right we got married at at 21 uh we were i had my son my wife is 30 uh, when we had our first child and 
And it, you know, I'll be honest, I think a lot of our relationship kind of happened organically. There wasn't a lot of planning involved in it. We knew what we didn't want. Let me just mm-hmm. put it that way. From um, her side, from her parents being split up on my side, from yeah. my parents being split up, from no relationship with children to just a number of dysfunctional things that had happened throughout the years, our, both of our childhoods. I think we, we both knew what we didn't want to have. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest, we weren't really intentional about how to work through this, at least initially uh, mm-hmm. in our marriage. And then, you know, later on in that process, as I was talking to you earlier about, we did get uh, involved in a church and, and got into marriage groups and, and things of that nature and, and the whole personality profiles and where yeah, one yeah, person's yeah, yeah. coming from and the other. So so I would say some of that came across later in, in, uh, in our marriage. You know, and to be honest, I mean, I think earlier in our marriage, it was relatively easy. Uh, no kids, two couple that had a very good relationship. Both of us were in the military. We shared that, you know, so there was a number of different things that we wrote on and we were all over the country and all over the world before that, in some cases together, but as I mentioned, we're both in the service. So, so we had a lot of experiences um, yeah, yeah. And, and there was at that point, it, it was more about us going forward than it was about individually what we wanted to do because we'd already done a lot of things. But yeah, 21's very young to get married. And, and I, I, Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think you're uh, all of the things that we know about today in terms of planning and, and finances and, and things of that nature, you don't really think about that at 21, right? Especially right. when you're off on, you're both off on your own already, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. wife and I had a, had a discussion before we got married, multiple discussions. And one of them was, and I was super clear with her. I'm like, listen if and when I get married, like that's it, it's over. There's no alternative. There's no back door. There's no, once I'm married, I'm married. Death to us part. And like, there's nothing that's so horrible that'll pull me out of the marriage. And she's like, me too. I'm like, no. (laughs) I need need more of a commitment than me too, right? (laughs) I want to know a hundred percent. And so we had discussions about level of commitment. We kept going back and forth and both of us had, I don't know how many months of conversations, maybe even years of conversations occasionally right. about, Hey, if we get married, we're, we're locked, we're, we're hitched together. We're hopefully going to be equally yoked, which that normally doesn't happen. Usually it's unequal for a while. And sometimes things are going smoother and you're equally yoked, but I've heard from people that have made a serious commitment. There's no, no backdoor. There's no way out of the marriage that that has been a key to having a long-term successful marriage because you got to face the problem. So a lot of people have a problem and then they take off and leave. With that, there's a, a story you and I talked about, and I'm so thankful that you're willing to just be open about the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nothing major, but it's one that that happens. And it's one that, oddly enough, people younger that haven't had that the strife to go through and aren't willing to face the difficulties, sometimes it leads to a divorce because you don't make reparations. You don't ask for forgiveness and you don't have those conversations or maybe don't even have the skills to have the conversations and are afraid of that type thing. So this isn't the biggest, craziest story in the world, but this one's a real life story. So Mm -hmm. I'll kind of let you take it from there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're right. It isn't the biggest, craziest in the world, but it was equally as impactful as some of of the bigger, uh, crazier stories I have. But uh, yeah. So yeah, just again, a little bit of background. So my wife and I uh, make it a point to have date night every Friday night. So we'll 
go to a restaurant, we'll, if it's a concert venue, whatever it might be. So even if there's nothing spectacular to do, we'll go out for dinner just to have that set night of the week that, you know, we get together and talk and, and digest the week and, and things of that nature. So, so on this particular night, uh, Friday night, date night, I think actually I may have been off of work that day. So we're able to get started a little bit early and decided to take a ride out to one of the wineries out in uh, past defiance area. And it was really great. We were listening to music and, you know, talking and, and those types of things. But what was the weather like that day? Man, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. It was very sunny. It was just a bright, it, it was a, it was a great day. Right. So, I mean, so oh, sunny, the music's on, it's just the right music, just the right correct. mood. Like yeah. you're, you, you're both on fire, happy. Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. And, and we're heading out to Montel, which is a beautiful place to just sit there and look out over the valley. And so, yeah, I mean, that, as you said, you set the stage perfectly. I mean, that everything about that time period was great. And as we're traveling down 94, I had someone relatively close to me on the backside of my car and, and they were there for, for a while. And that happens on 94. Sometimes it's a two lane road and, and folks get a little anxious and, uh, but this particular person was was there for quite a while. And then there's a portion of defiance that you come into where it slows down to 30 miles an hour from 55. And and so that's what I did. And this is a double lane. Uh, I'm sorry, double bar road. So there's and, no. And right after the 30 mile an hour sign is a police car 50% of the time. Right, right. <laughs> and I, yeah, interesting point. Probably. Uh, I, I haven't personally seen one out there, but but it'd be a great place for them to stop. So, but uh, so yeah, we got into defiance. We slowed down to that 30 mile an hour mark. And um, and that person that was, was behind me decided that he didn't want to slow down. And he blasted past me on a two lane road with, you know, double solid line. And, uh, and so I threw him a honk. <laughs> or maybe two. I'm, I'm not sure what it was. I wasn't, there was nothing else coming out of my mouth at that point. There was just, I honked, you know, I honked a couple of times. And so, as I mentioned to you, I mean, at that point, everything shifted, right? Didn't matter that the sun was out. Didn't matter that we we're heading to a beautiful location. Uh, didn't matter that there was great music on the radio. My wife got very upset. She got upset because she felt like I caused danger to us personally by honking at that person. So, you know, you get into these situations and you hear about it quite a bit uh, in the St. Louis area, other large metro areas where this road rage and potentially, you know, harm comes to, the, to one or more parties with, you know, whether that's physical, whether it's a gun or things of that nature. And so all of those things immediately went through her head. My position was that guy deserved it, right? That guy deserved to be honked at. As a matter of fact, he probably deserved more, but but you know, what was it within my capabilities at that point in time to deserve to be honked at? And so as she was explaining this to me and she was upset and I was explaining my position back to her, <laughs> we arrived uh, at an impasse and that impasse probably lasted for the next eight miles on that road, you know, roughly 10 minutes or so to, to get out to Montel from there. Uh, neither of us talked. I could feel how upset she was. I was upset that she was upset. It rode out like that until we got out to the winery. I might have said a couple words in between there, like where's the turn or is the turn coming up or something of that nature. But, but it was just a very tense situation after that. And then we, you know, we, we got to the, to the winery and, you know, we went to, to sit outside and, 
and still at that point, I was somewhat defiant in terms of me being right versus her being right. And so at some point during the evening, you know, maybe within the next hour or so, I think we talked through it a little bit. And, um, but I still didn't acknowledge what I had done, right. Or the fact that I potentially put her in danger by what I did. And so, and I think the very next day, if I remember correctly, you and I were talking at the uh, the coffee shop and I'm not even sure how the topic came up. I think I said, you know, it was date night or something. And I said, ah, I went, you know, it didn't go so good last night. And, and so I explained the story to you and, uh, you know, at some point, you know, that conversation, you know, you just mentioned, man, she, she's looking to you for her safety. That safety is not always physical safety. It's emotional safety. And that's probably why she reacted the way that she did. And so bing, there goes the, uh, you know, the light bulb and, so I think you and I talked through that a little, a little bit more and, and her and I at some point after that had a couple other conversations about it, but I understand it, but it was a very, if you, if you look back at that evening starting and how perfectly everything was going and how nice of a day it was and it's our Friday and it's our date night and she's right, potentially putting somebody in danger, no real benefit to me honking my horn or you know, whatever you choose to do, waving your hand out the window or, or slamming on your brakes, no real benefit to anyone. You know, that benefit is to me at that point in time. So, yeah. uh, yeah. So flip the switch, your wife's driving, she honks at the guy, you're in the passenger seat, give him the business, honey. (laughs) No, you know, no, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not normally a horn honker. So (laughs) she is. Okay. Uh, Okay. um, but in the situation where it's required, someone's drifting into your lane. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but say uh, she's in the same situation and you're in the passenger seat. What what thoughts could run through your head at that point? Almost the same, probably. Um, really? So you're feeling like, hey, honey, what are you doing? Yeah, only because I'm no longer in control of the vehicle that yep. we're in, right. So there, there's uh, the guy thing, the control. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> right. But yeah, I I likely have the same reaction especially from her because i wouldn't expect her to do it and she is right when there's a a dangerous situation where someone your horn is going to acknowledge that hey you're moving into my lane or you're doing something like that yeah perfect but yeah i I might have the same reaction to be honest okay she she did it in that situation there you go yeah i I might have the same reaction with my wife as well i'm not sure i guess it would depend on that moment at the time but yeah yeah exactly I certainly wouldn't necessarily think about potential road rage and shooting and all those type of things, because typically the women aren't the ones that ram into cars and things like that, where right. typically that's a, a few of my guy friends actually have done that, have been well, kind of assaulted with a vehicle. And at the same time, they went aggressive back and right. bumped into right. people on the highway, which I'm like, yes. why yeah. did you do that? Like, I don't know. I just flipped a switch. Yeah. But as you mentioned earlier, I mean, this is a very, very simple situation. Yeah. Turned things from a night out or relationship perspective, turned it pretty upside down relatively quickly. The conversation you and I had the next day was was pretty insightful. I I, I don't know that we remedied this even on that Friday evening after we got home. I think we talked about it a little bit. I think I reluctantly apologized. Not the you're right, that's right, you know, situation. And I think after I, I came home that day I, from our, our workout or the coffee shop, at least, yeah, it kind of, the, the light bulb went off when we talked about it. So, 
Yeah. So a couple of things we talked about was as men, we're supposed to be the protectors. We're supposed to provide, we're supposed to love our wife. And with that, we need to provide safety and security. So physical safety, emotional safety and security. Sometimes that light bulb just doesn't go off. Like there's safety and security that I should have been providing in this certain area in this certain way. Mm-hmm. And did I goof that up? So it's just really cool con- conversation going back and forth and to see you go, huh? <laughs> right. Right. That's right. That's, that's what it was. Right. I think we meld all of those things together, right? Guys sometimes think about everything as physical security, like my yes, action yes. for that person that was doing what they were doing was part of physical, but it certainly wasn't part of emotional and and really was it part of physical, right? It was, it was really just a reaction on my part to to the situation. Wasn't going to add any value, you know, in the end of the day. Right. um, Right. So, yeah. Interesting that in that situation, if I feel like I need to respond in some way years ago, I switched because I saw plenty of guys get mad and finger pointing and, you know, sometimes they'd give them the the one finger salute and things Mm -hmm. like that. And Mm -hmm. maybe it was a fist or whatever. And, I'm like, you know, I just don't like that reaction and I'm not quite sure what to do. So I switched and I literally started waving and smiling as big as I could at the people and -hmm. and laughing sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny when somebody makes a mistake driving, you know, they're not being an idiot necessarily, but they just make a mistake. And instead of being aggressive with them, you laugh and joke with them and they look at you and catch you in the eye and they start laughing. Like, I'm so sorry. Right, right. I, I really goofed up. That was my fault. Yeah. And the situation turns out and everybody leaves kind of laughing about it and in an elevated spirit as opposed to aggressive and angry and then take it out on the next person kind of a thing. Right. So I don't really run into that situation anymore in that. However, I absolutely goof up time and time again with small things with my wife. And I, even at this age, I'm still learning how to love her better. And as we grow and get older, there's new situations. So you got to learn how to step into that role every day, every day. There's something new. Yeah, that's right. So just because you got 33 years experience of doing it, you know, maybe 32 years of experience of doing it really well. And one year of (laughs) goofing stuff up, whatever, whatever the record is, but yeah, when those types like, of things come up, I, I think you feel like you're at year one sometimes. Like, yeah, wait a minute, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every year should account for something, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when the new struggle comes up, you can look back and go, okay, hey, we've had some success with some things. Yeah. Quite confident we can walk through this one or, you know, That's what right. have you. But sometimes it's really helpful when you can figure out ways to get to the resolution and feeling good again quickly, as opposed mm-hmm. to missing out on a, what would have been an awesome night. That's right. Like that. Cause those opportunities don't come up every week. No, they, they don't. They don't, you know, Where everything's just perfect. Right. That's right. Yep. That's right. There right. we go. We got it. That's right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, not your right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had a few thoughts as we were talking today, we can do like really cool things or, or be at a high emotionally being connected with our wives. One thing that the devil doesn't want is a great relationship between a a husband and wife. And that's terrible because if there's a great relationship there, chances are we're going to be able to pass that down to our kids. Our kids are going to be able to model that and it's going to keep going forward. So when there's a time and a place and there's a crack, he jumps in. So it takes you from a point of super high emotion. Everything's wonderful. And here it is. 
I'm going right. to send this guy and cause him to do something crazy and get Southern Bell just hacked off. That's right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, there's countless examples of that over our years of, of marriage. This is one of them where, you know, everything's just going great and uh, you can't imagine how it's going to be ruined. And, uh, and, and there you go. Uh, yeah. Something relatively simple, I guess, in the end of the day, horn honk, mm-hmm. uh, you know, turns into uh, somewhat of a ruined evening uh, where, where it could have been a great time together. Right. My guess is for the next 50 years, you're probably not going to fall into that same mistake again. I don't think so. No, <laughs> I'll make, I'll make some others, uh, but, but I don't think I'll make that one again. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the idea of this podcast was just to get you guys to think through some things so that you can be prepared for the situation when it shows up. So when either the devil sees the crack or we're just, I always joke around that guys are just big, dumb animals. We're really simple. Mm-hmm. If we haven't seen the play happen yet, sometimes we can fumble it and goof it up. Or if we've already seen the play, if we've already pictured it in our head, if we've gotten prepared, then we can run a more successful play and just make it happen. So it's one of those things when you practice communication with your wife, when you study a bit, when you, as you said, connect with other people that are going the right way, we can run these plays more effectively, more often and have a even better relationship with our wife and have great winery trips with our wife as opposed to ones that should have been great, but we've got a different story the next day. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. You guys were able to recover the Saturday and have a great day. And then Sunday, of course, went well also. So that's right. With your help, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, got one. You gave me the the coffee shop education. (laughs) Got one. I can mark that down on list of 20 greatest things. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, have you got anything that you'd like to add, add into the show? Some, maybe some advice for guys in general or, or just anything. Yeah. And I guess, uh, you know, if I had to, you and I were talking about the 20 greatest accomplishments, I would, aside from my children, I'd have to say being together with the same person for, uh, for almost 33 years is, is certainly one of those. I think from a entry into marriage to the kind of the midpoint to adding children into that to work and, and all the other kind of day-to-day, not necessarily issues, but things that come in, come with, with life. I think people get caught up in perfection. I think they want, they expect a perfect marriage. They expect their family to be perfect. And maybe perfection is a strong word, but, but as soon as that's broken, you know, as soon as something happens to, to crack that first thing, in my observations with some folks that are either newly married or, or even folks that I've, I know that, you know, that had been together for some time, they want to jump, right? They want to, you know, it's time to bail out. This is too much. I'm not going to be able to handle this with this person. And, you know, it's time, time to move on. And, and so those opportunities are going to, shouldn't call them opportunities. Those situations are going to present themselves. And, you know, at that point you have, you just have to think long and hard and pray and, you know, in those situations, work with your spouse to attempt to, to make things better, to fix that particular problem or those issues or whatever they might be, whatever struggles you're going through. Because in the end of the day, it takes work to keep a marriage together. Uh, it's relatively easy to check out of one, but the, but the outcome of, of checking out is usually not very pretty, yes. you know, for a number of reasons. So again, I, you know, I think primary message from my perspective is you know, put the work in, understand that you're from a spousal perspective, you're 
you know, you're going to have varying opinions, you're going to have varying needs, you're going to have, you know, one, one side is going to be stronger than the other in terms of how they do life. Uh, and, and ideally, they complement each other. That's my perspective. Again, I think my experience with some of the folks that I know that are close to me is, you know, some of those issues that I've gone through or we've gone through together with our children and, you know, other challenges that have come up have, have caused some of those folks to, to split. It's just the acknowledgement that this is a, a work in progress, as we just talked about with my simple story. Every day, there's going to be some challenges. Some of them are going to be greater than others. And I can guarantee you that better together. Yes, yes, absolutely. So you bring up a great point. So one of the mottos that's in the Facebook community that we have is progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. So just get better every day and, and work on getting better. Perfect's the enemy of done. So you'll never complete a task if you're going for perfection. Like, right. Or you'll only complete a few. Yeah. Get close. And then you can always yeah. perfect, you know, work towards perfection after you've kind of turned the page when you realize, oh, hey, here's that one more thing that made the project better. But and then expectation also. So we expect perfection. This is what I expected. I didn't tell anybody what I expected. Things coming different down the pipe. I'm holding on to being right. I'm holding on to what I want. And it's different. And we get angry about that. That's right. Well, nobody else is even in agreement or understanding or communicated with of what you expected, what, what the vision for life was, what a wife is supposed to do. That's right. That's I never right. told her that she's supposed to do the dishes on Friday, but man, I'm upset about that. <laughs> I would never say that one. <laughs> <laughs> but like maybe your mom growing up, Every Friday, did the dishes and then, you know, put them away. Maybe that was her habit. Yeah. And then on Saturday morning, you wake up and you're mad at your wife. And she's like, why has he been mad at me every Saturday morning for like 10 years? Right. Well, because yeah. the dishes weren't done. Didn't you know? Right. Yeah. No, no I got you. Tell me. But there's so many times where I'm talking for myself here. Doesn't my wife know? No, I never expressed any of these thoughts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right. why would i expect to have something happen without having that communication about it and that example is like the dumbest one i can possibly think of however in your own personal lives in my personal life i know i've had a whole bunch of dumb things that i just imagined would happen that didn't sure. i never never communicated and expected so a bunch of different things there but learn how to you know express those type things and catch them before it puts a rift in your relationships and takes you to a spot where you don't want to be. Yeah. Men are generally not great communicators. I think for, for a number, what did you call us? Big, dumb animals, big, big or... dumb animals. We're just big, dumb animals. folks. <laughs> right. Right. We're relatively simplistic in some cases, pretty binary when it comes to, uh, you know, it's either this way or that way. And there's really no middle, you know, middle ground. So that, that is a work in progress for me as well. I mean, it's um, it's something i have struggled with and will continue to struggle with, but have certainly matured over the years in my, from a marital standpoint, you know, in terms of, you know, that, that communication piece, what you mentioned is, is huge, right? Cause it causes internal strife that no one else knows about except you. And if you never get it out, uh, that stays there and festers usually. Yep. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Coming, coming from personal experience here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we always like to close the show out with a challenge for the audience. So something that they can accomplish between this week and next week. So something they can do within seven days that'll help make their life better in some way, shape or form if they do the challenge. 
have you got anything off the top of your head that you can think of to challenge the guys with this week? Hmm, man, you should have prepped me with that one, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Seven days. So, I, so I've got one. I've got okay. one. All right. I was trying to have a backup one. Kind throw of me, a, throw me a lifeline. So, <laughs> all right. If, if you want to take a shot at it, what about talking about safety and security with your wife? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Circumstances we were in that evening were very situational. Right, but, right. Right. But I'm, I'm sure you could draw parallels between other areas. So I'm thinking preemptively. Right. So here's what I think the challenge could be. It could be something along the lines of, hey, honey, I was thinking, I know I'm here to protect, provide, love you, and I want to do those roles in the best way I possibly can. And physically, I understand protection. Like, you know, when we go to the restaurant, I do certain things, act certain ways. You know, when we do whatever, I'm looking out for us. I got uh -huh. you. Okay, what are you saying? Well, guys oftentimes aren't as in touch emotionally as women are. And there's sometimes where maybe I don't make you feel safe and secure and I have no idea. One, I want to point out to you that I would love to always in a hundred percent of every situation, always make you feel safe and secure physically, emotionally, and just with being vulnerable with me. So if there's something that comes up and I make you feel unsafe and unsecure, will you let me know? Just kind of something simple like that, which then gives her permission so that she can express her thoughts and her expectations so that, Hey, Jeff, Hey, Southern Belle. I really wish you wouldn't have honked at that guy. That made me feel unsafe and not secure. Uh-oh. What right. do you mean? Yeah. Well, all this. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. I'm so sorry. No, I'm glad you realize it now. Will you not do that again? I won't do that again, I promise. Hey, cool. Let's get to the winery. Like, let's get you know, right. right back on track. Right That's back right. on track. Having those kind of team conversations and, and teaming as a, a couple and as a family understanding that you're really all going the same way. You really do want to love your wife and she's a priority and you cherish her and she's more precious than rubies or jewels. And thinking from that perspective and reminding your wife occasionally over time that it's not just, I love you. It's also, I love and care for you and want to always provide safety and security physically and emotionally. So she keeps hearing that repetition over and over so that the next time she goes to question, she knows that it's safe and secure and she can throw a question at you and not be attacked or have us be defensive it allows her words to come in a softer kind of a way, as opposed to us defending our position and digging in and pounding on our chest. Don't you understand? I'm right. That's right. Pride and ego, <laughs> pride and ego just gets in the way. It stinks, but I still run into pride and ego. And when I can peel away from that and, other people can see the pride and oftentimes we can't see it in our own self until somebody else points it out or we reflect and look back and see it. So that's the challenge this week, folks. That's the challenge this week is uh, just have a con real conversation with your wife and let her know that you desire to give her safety and security in every way all the time and give her permission to come back to you and point it out if you don't, because chances are we're not aware. Jeff shaking his head, taking it in. Yeah. I'm just taking it in. That's a great challenge, man. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome.
Well, I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing that and just looking to help other guys and appreciate you letting me know that that uh, resonated with you and made your weekend better than it would have been. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Happy to happy to share the story. And then if I've learned anything, you won't get the same story again from me. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I appreciate it a bunch. And uh, guys, thanks again for listening. Uh, again, feel free and throw some reviews on uh, Apple podcast or audible podcast. That would be great. Love to see what you guys type. Glad to read your review on the show in the future and feel free and share it with somebody. Could be a friend, a neighbor, a relative, could be a son in your case, Southern Bell, throw that to your 25 year old son. It's like, my dad's perfect. <laughs> no, he's under no illusions. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's right. He's past eight years old. So that's right. That's right. Yep. Well, fantastic. I appreciate you greatly. And thanks everybody for listening and uh, sharing the podcasting community with those that you care about. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and I hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.